Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I gotta admit that I didn't know when I was going to tell you this, but I have been on over 100 first dates. And anytime I came across something that I thought wouldn't work, I would run. Because I wasn't committed to her, and I knew that I could just hop back onto a dating app and find another match. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Married at First Sight Edition, y'all. I'm going to have to apologize if you guys reached out to me about last week's episode recap. So if you didn't know, I tapped out. <laughs> I find that like post-wedding, go to brunch with the family shit to be so not important, monotonous, boring, doesn't really tell us anything that we need to know. And so I did just a mini recap. You can find that on Monday's episode. Uh, I think it's called Welcome to Rush Talk. You'd think I would know the title since I'm the one who gives them the titles, but here we are. It's called Welcome to Rush Talk and it should be in the first third of the episode um, if you want to hear my thoughts on that. So let's talk about this episode. We are day three into the marriage. We are at our honeymoon in the beautiful, or depending on if you ask Mirla, um, elderly Isla Bella in the Florida Keys. Um, let's start off with Rachel and Jose. Um, so when they wake up on the first day, Jose's like a little too excited, I feel. I think he's just like a little too invested in this relationship. And by that I mean he's just like 
the excitement of like, oh my gosh, we have this in common. Oh my gosh, we have that like ultimately unimportant thing in common is he's taking too much stock in it. And there are times where I'm like, I wonder if Jose thinks he's on The Bachelor. (laughs) More on that later. Um, Granted, like, I know what the show is. I know that like, we do want people to be excited about the people that they are married to quickly. Um, But just something about it is very fake to me, you guys. And like I said, I know y'all don't like me making fun of his height. Some of you guys reach out to me. I hear you. But I also feel like the man is a unabashed misogynist. And because of that, I have no problem making fun of his height because he is a dickhead. So that's my truth. And that's where I stand. And You know, I heard you guys, I heard you, (laughs) but I also don't care about this man. So (laughs) there we are, there we are. Um, So fortunately, Rachel seems to be a little bit more realistic because she tells Jose, I know we have a lot of things in common and that's great, but I also think it might be time for us to dig deeper on our differences. So we know that she's clearly come up with something that she's not happy about and It's still the toothbrushing issue, (laughs) it it appears. Jose starts mentioning like, oh, you know, I do know we have differences. Like we like our coffee different. Um, I like a little bit more cream and sugar in mine. You like yours a little bit more black. So, you know, we can work through that, That, but that's great. That's so easy. And this is what I'm talking about. Like you're not going to, your coffee order is not going to make or break the relationship. So, I mean, I wouldn't really count that as a, relationship difference you know (laughs) seems incredibly surface um so rachel mentions okay coffee was not what i meant so i just got to bring up again the fact that last night you tried to brush my teeth and you also at the wedding reception seemed pretty eager to feed me uh i'm not a child and so i don't really like that Um, and also like on top of that, I feel like this might be a sign of things to come because Rachel says that she is a very independent woman. She don't need no man, except I guess she does. Um, and she doesn't want to feel like a baby, basically. She tells us in a confessional, listen, I know that like for most women, it would be a dream to have a guy to like sweep you off your feet and take care of you in this way, but it's just not my thing. So she tells Jose that her parents told her when she was growing up, always make sure you have your own. Never rely on a man because you never know your husband might walk through the door one day and say he's leaving you and you have nothing to your name. You have nothing but two pennies to rub together and... You just don't want to ever be in that position. So that's basically it. Jose doesn't really have a whole lot of response to that. And of course, that's going to be an issue for later. Um, So let's move on to... uh, Let's go to Mirla and Gil. Y'all, to the surprise of absolutely no one, Mirla's woken up full of complaints. Wouldn't you believe... 
a woman as well adjusted and easygoing as Marla is still feeling some type of way about the resort that she's in, the accommodations, the fact that it's not beachfront, that it's more of like a marsh front property. This is not anywhere she would go. She keeps calling it a retirement home. I don't know if she's actually seen older people on this property, but she seems pretty adamant. She seems pretty clear that that is what this place is. Um, you know, it's a little bit too, well, first of all, she says, <laughs> you know, things so far are not too shabby. And then she corrects herself by saying, well, this place is a little bit shabby for me. And then also she starts the complaints about how the breakfast that they ordered didn't have any protein. Uh, the croissant is too big. Um, she requested almond milk instead of regular milk for her coffee. And so that's an issue to the point where she won't even take the sip to see if it's regular milk. She makes Gil do it. And he's like, I don't actually know what the difference is, but... I guess this is regular milk. And she's like, see, I knew it. <laughs> so she calls down, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I know we all have digestive issues. I'm like an oat milk bitch all day long. So the milk I will give you, the fact that the, cro the croissant is too big for you is a problem for me. Like, girl, let's not act like we're above bread, okay? I hate a bitch. And I, by bitch, I mean, I mean like a gender nonspecific bitch. Just a general bitch. I hate a bitch who, like, acts like they don't like bread. Like, fuck off. Fuck off, literally. If you can eat it, don't don't kill my vibe. Did you guys see, see that um, tweet from, like, I want to say a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, where this woman was like, y'all look real desperate going to restaurants and eating the bread that they provide uh, immediately. Like, you should wait at least five minutes before you eat the bread. And her ass got torn up left to right, top to tail. And that is correct. Like, what? What is wrong with people? Anyway, <laughs> Gil says that he's getting to know his wife and getting to know the list of things that she doesn't like and the things that she does like. And also finding out that the list of things that she does not like is far, far longer than the things that she actually does. And so he's just going to have to get used to it day by day. Minute by minute, white knuckle by white knuckle. <laughs> so Mirla is also, like I said, she's not happy that this is not a beachfront resort. Remember when they got there, it was nighttime. So she couldn't quite tell what their vista was going to be. But, um, you know, in the light of day, it turns out she, her fears were confirmed and she hates it. Um, she is so funny. Like she's almost giddy to tell production and the cameras that she, how much she hates this uh, free vacation that they provided for her. <laughs> and I have to, I have to admit, like, listen, even she has to understand the COVID of it all. But on the other hand, I could see how if you had watched the show and you had seen the non-COVID seasons and seen where they got to go, these beautiful, like, beachfront properties and these beautiful, like, islands and Caribbean stuff. And I would, you know, I would feel some type of way too. Um, but you get what you get and you don't get upset. You know, that's in the marriage, in a honeymoon and in life. So then Gil asks Marla how she would rate the situation so far. And she gives it an eight out of 10. And then she says, well, what are you going to say? I bet you're going to say a 10 out of 10. Uh, do you? <laughs> I feel like that is a, a 
um, I feel like you're misreading things a little bit, Marilla, because you've spent like a significant amount of time complaining. So there's no space for this to be a 10. He's still feeling guilty about you like side-eyeing him over eating that full croissant. So to me, that's not a 10 situation. Um, so anyway, um, Gil asks her like, okay, you didn't like... You don't like that this is not a beachfront property. You don't like, you don't have like an infinity pool and what have you. If this was a beachfront property, if you liked what you see when you looked out that balcony, would you still be complaining about the hotel itself and the room itself? And she's like, yeah, totally. (laughs) Probably. Um, And then she goes, you're making me sound like a Debbie Downer. Like, no, you're telling the truth. And the truth is making you sound like a Debbie Downer, Mirla. The only thing that Gil can say is, well, at least you're not a Karen. (laughs) You haven't taken it that far. I mean, I guess that's something. At least you're not a Karen. That's that's rough. That's rough. Um, Now let's move on to Bao and Johnny. So it's the morning for them as well. And Bao asked Johnny how he slept. And he's like, oh, you know, I got like a good seven hours. But then I was like hearing some small animals and... I went to check and see what that was. And it turns out it was just you snoring again. And you could see the bows like, ugh, like completely deflated. In a confessional, she says, you know, I've been told in the past that I snore. It's a deep insecurity of mine. So I really don't like it brought up. And as somebody who also snores, like, I get it. I get where she's coming from. It's, she makes a good point. It's like, it's not something you can help. So to make fun of somebody over something they can't help. And yes, I know I'm sounding very hypocritical after making fun of Jose and his height because it's not something that he can help. But for Bao, like, you know, the difference is Jose uses his insecurity to put people down, whereas Bao genuinely, like, puts herself down and thinks that she is less value because of this thing that she can't help. And that's where, like, I feel a lot of empathy for her. And I have to be on her side with this because I feel like, given her reaction, I'm surprised that Johnny's not picking up on this being something that, like, he should shut up about. Johnny, like, kind of is nice about it. And he's like, you know, I, you know, I am kind of a light sleeper, but I brought headphones and all that so you know just in case I had any sort of nosy noisy bedfellows (laughs) and Bao has to like cover his mouth to get him to stop I, I really felt bad for her in a confessional Johnny says that he really does value sleep so it kind of does bother him that she snores but he also you know it's something that he's just going to have to learn to live with um so then they go outside to eat breakfast and Johnny starts talking about like, oh man, should we, do we think we should eat all this food we got? Because I haven't worked out in a while. Like I'm not really feeling full pussy right now. And Bao reveals that she's actually like a bathing suit collector. She loves them, but also she hasn't worn like 90% of them. And then she reveals that she actually, it's not, it's kind of an insecurity thing, but not really. She likes the way her body looks in a bikini and in a bathing suit, but she doesn't really like to to be that public about it. So she has decided to repurpose her bathing suits 
more of like a casual lingerie, just lounging out around the house sort of vibe. Johnny's like, do you really wear your bathing suits just in the house? And she's like, yeah, you know, whatever. So then Johnny reveals that he doesn't really do a whole lot of terms of working out, like maybe lift some weights, but really nothing like that. And Bao is like, listen, no, no worries here. I actually really like your body type. I like your, I, you know, you're lanky. I like that. And as soon as Johnny hears that, he's like, oh, thank God. Because frankly, I kind of view myself as like a Michael Sarah. <laughs> and I just, I found that absolutely refreshing. I don't think I've ever heard a man refer to himself as a Michael Sarah type. Um, but like finding out that her, his body type is actually the one that Bao is really into is he's like, uh, chuffed so excited um and now because he's you know there's been this underlying thing of he really likes her she's not as demonstrative as him and he's trying to be patient but he also like doesn't know where her feelings lie and he says oh this is just like another thing on the check mark to make me feel better and have this be a situation where like i don't feel like it's such a one-way street in terms of our attraction so then bow <laughs> reveals that she told the experts that her type is uh, Conan O'Brien. And she's like, I love the, his body. I like the fact that he uses his body in a humorous way and he like makes fun of it and he makes light of it. And, you know, by the way, Johnny, he's my hall pass. <laughs> and, and Johnny says, you know what? I think he's so funny. I'm not even going to be mad at you about that. I don't even mind. All right, now let's see what is going on with Brett and Ryan. So Brett says she feels like a million bucks. And in a confessional, Ryan says he's basically trying to put his best foot forward because yesterday with the plane ride and what happened to her on that plane ride, this mysterious plane ride, where apparently she freaked out so much that Ryan said that if they were not married, he would have bounced already. He's just trying to take things one day at a time and uh, you know, trying not to focus on what she acted like on the plane. So you guys remember I said last week that Ryan has a hard time. It seems like when they have conversations, Ryan doesn't even make eye contact with her. He's still doing that. He's still doing that in the way it's like where you're, you're hanging out with somebody that you really just don't want to hang out with. <laughs> it's sad. I just feel sad for her. And I just want to like go through the TV and be like, girl, I don't think he's that into you. Like, give up. And it's not about you. Like, let this man with his saddlebag eye droopy. Let droopy dog go. Let him go. You can do so much better. They start talking about first dates or more importantly, like the last first date that they went on. And Brett says that hers was just at a bar and that's usually how her dates would go. And then Ryan says something about how, and again, uh, can we get like some ADR? Can we get him in post to like speak louder? Stop mumbling. It's so hard to understand what he says because he's at that. He does that voice where he's just like, I'm so bored. I can't even be bothered to enunciate my words. And I really, I feel so bad for Ryan or Brett rather. Um, so he starts talking about his dates and like, I think she asked, like, what would our date be like if we had gone on a date? And he says, oh, I would have taken you to this restaurant. It sounds like he's got a spot, like a restaurant where he takes all the girls, where he can look important, even though he actually isn't. And then um, 
you know, like probably if you decided that I wasn't some kind of cocky asshole, then I would get some. Probably. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Brett is, you know, another person, much like Johnny. I'm like, open your eyes and see what is before you because it's not great uh, for you, Brett. And she says she's so excited about their dinner that night because this is going to be like their first date in sort of like a dating scenario. And, you know, there's always that moment where you're dating somebody where you decide like, oh, yeah, this is a dude that I want to keep seeing. And she's excited to do that. And she's excited to have these deep conversations with him and get to know each other a little bit more since they haven't really done that yet. So after this, we have our first like group meetup. Um, we see Gil. He's by himself because Marilyn has some work to do back at the hotel room. Probably asking some decorators to come in and seeing if the land and trust committee of, of Florida can build some sort of beachfront property before they leave. Um, but Gil meets up with Brett and Ryan and Rachel and Jose. So they're all talking, you know, they're hugging. Everybody's great. They're, you know, finally getting to meet the person that they were matched with. And um, they're, Jose first talked about like, oh, how great things are and how like Rachel is checking off everything on his list. And Gil's like, well, that's awesome because I remember you had a really long list that I did not think was going to happen or work out for you. So good on you, girl. I'm shocked that you (laughs) are able to um, check off his, his very, very, very long list of demands of what he wants in a quote-unquote quality woman. Bao and Johnny show up, and then at that point, everybody realizes, hey, where's Zach and Michaela? So really, like, literally nobody knows what's going on. The guys are like, we saw Zach maybe once here and there, but we haven't seen them. We haven't seen Michaela at all. Nobody knows what's going on. They don't know if they're there. They don't know if the couple's still together. Not a thing. So this is our first view of Michaela and Zach. So last week when they got to the hotel, Zach said he wasn't feeling well. He had also mentioned how his friend had gotten COVID the day of, or he had tested positive for COVID the day of the wedding. So things had been stressed. So why they let him travel is beyond me that's so wild that they let him do that knowing that he wasn't feeling well and he knew that his friend had tested positive for COVID that's I've never like I'm surprised that they didn't try to hide that a little bit more honestly but we see Michaela filming herself first and she says that she and Zach decided to sleep in separate bedrooms because he wasn't feeling well Then we see Zach filming himself and he says he's got chills, he's tired, he's lost his appetite, all the typical run-of-the-mill symptoms of COVID. But then he's like, well, you know, I also haven't like slept a lot in the past five days, so maybe I'm just exhausted. No, bro. No. (laughs) You don't lose your appetite when you're exhausted. Like, (laughs) what do you mean? (laughs) I've never heard of that. Um, So... Yeah, that is our cliffhanger with them. So then we have the couples back at the pool. Gil asks the infamous question that um, 
Woody and Imani as the couples at their honeymoon, which is y'all been kissing. <laughs> I miss them. I miss them so much. I assume they're on couples camp. You guys, I only watch Married at First Sight. I don't watch Unfiltered. I don't watch Couples Cam. I don't, I'm not familiar with any of like whatever's going on. Um, I know you guys have some feelings about, um, oh, should I just pause this real quick? Because I don't really know what's going on because, but like, maybe this is a call to action. You guys can tell me what is going on with this chick. So Jamie, Otis, what's happening there? Because I I know that she hosts the uh, unfiltered or the after show or pre-show. And I know that she's on couples cam. And I also know that a lot of people don't like her, but I'm not sure why, because I have not, I'd never saw her season of Married at First Sight, nor do I watch anything that she's on at this point. But I did see a picture that she posted of she and her husband like crying, like bawling, crying in a car. Something about how their relationship wasn't great, but like they've chosen to be together. I I don't know. But like, is this something that I should keep my eye out for? Is this, I know that Jamie wasn't attracted to her husband. I know their like general story was that she saw him and was like, oh, I can't do this. But then they managed to make it work. And now they have kids. And I know that. But like, is she weird? Is she the kind of weird, because I trust you guys now with my life, is she the kind of weird that I should be paying attention to? Let me know. Sound off in the comments. DM me. You can email me at everyonesbusinessbutmine at gmail.com. Let me know. Let me know, because I'm like kind of interested, but I'm kind of not. So anyway, Gil asks, y'all been kissing? And this has to be maybe one of the more least sexual um, uh, cast in quite a while. The couples try to like sort of get off on a technicality of, oh, well, we kiss at the altar. We kiss twice at the altar if you're Brett and Ryan. Um, but Gil's like, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking like make out all in telenovela style kissing. Rachel and Jose are all over each other. They have been this entire time that they're at the pool. So, you know, <laughs> We've already got our answer on them. Um, And if we didn't, they actually uh, give everybody a demonstration about what a real kiss would be like. Uh, All the other couples are like, yeah, you know, like here and there, not a big deal. Gil reveals that he has not gotten a kiss since that peck on the cheek at the altar. And all the girls are like, yeah. I mean, now that we know that you're married to Marilla, like, yeah, we knew that because she said at the bachelorette party that there was not a chance in hell that she was going to be kissing anybody. So I I would hope that Gil would at least be like, okay, she said that before she even knew me. So like, I'll try not to take it so personally. I don't think he did that because it comes up later and I'll be talking about it. But you know, you would think that that would be the point where he'd be like, okay, okay. So it's not just me, right? Um, In a confessional, Rachel says... Honestly, like, if I hadn't kissed my partner yet, I would be feeling some type of way, even boarding on a little bit insecure about the relationship. So then Gil says, he goes, like, full comedy routine on everybody. He starts talking about how uh, particular Mirla is, and Johnny's like, we'll elaborate on that. And so Gil's like, well, she likes the finer things in life. How do you guys feel about the resort? 
and everybody's like, yeah, it's okay. Like, it's it's perfectly nice. And she's like, yeah, she called this an old folks home. And then he says she has a tendency to throw little tantrums if she doesn't get enough to eat or sleep. And so he has now adopted <laughs> the mindset of just treating Marla like a toddler and hoping that eventually he can just tire her out and she'll stop complaining. Yikes. <laughs> Everybody's laughing. But then in a confessional, Bow and Johnny are like, damn, like I kind of feel like he could have kept some of those things private. And if Marilyn had heard what he had said to everybody, she probably would have some f- choice words for him. And I agree. I fully agree. Like, I'm going to put a pin in that later. Um, I just think it was a little bit of a betrayal. It was a little bit of a... That's like things you say about Mirla to people who know her. And even then, I think you could have kept it a lot cuter. Because really, it just sounds like to a bunch of strangers or people that you barely know that like you're not really fucking with her. (laughs) And that you think she's a nightmare. Doesn't sound great. So then Gil asks if anybody has been intimate and they all say no, but like we're trying to get to know each other a little bit more. Like we're just not people to hop in the sack and it's only been three days. Then, cause they're like, Oh, you know, like we just don't, we don't know each other. Like it's only been three days that we've known each other. And Bao's like, Oh yeah. Well about that. Um, Johnny and I have actually known each other 10 years and it wasn't really a first sight for us and they're like what (laughs) flag on the plate time out girl like run this shit back tell us what the deal is so they obviously explain like you know we knew each other from our schools because we were both the president of the Vietnamese Students Association and we kind of went on a friend date years ago and Bao says I wasn't sure about the date I assumed it was a friend date, but then when I asked him to go to a museum, he was like all in, but then you guys, he ghosted me and everybody's like, yo, (laughs) like, hold on. This is not fair, but also this is really wild. Um, in their confessional, Brett and Ryan's confessional, um, Brett's like, I am truly shocked that they knew each other. And Ryan says, Actually, I think this might work out in Bao's favor because now she's got this thing in her pocket of, I tried to get with this guy like a way back in the day and he ghosted me. So this might be some leverage on her end. Do you think that's true? I like kind of on his side. I'm never on Ryan's side. (laughs) I just kind of think that he might. Well, no, I just think that's stupid. Everything that Ryan has said is stupid everything okay i'm back to back to earth (laughs) so um then everybody gets in the pool and gil brings marilla and by that i mean uh, somebody gave gil some sort of beach ball volleyball situation and had him do a wilson from castaway and draw a smiley face on the ball and Honestly, this version seems a lot more upbeat and happier than the human form. And Gil seems a lot happier with ball Mirla than he ever did with the real one. So after their little moment of the pool, everybody breaks off again for their one-on-one couples dates. So let's go back to Rachel and Jose. 
this is a type of shit that I was talking about where Rachel surprises Jose with this like fishing trip out on a boat, obviously. Um, and, uh, Jose's like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. She remembered that I liked fishing and I can't believe she set this up for me. What a moment. What a journey we're on. It's like, bro, it, she had, she had to do this. It was production. Okay. Whatever. After their, um, fishing trip, the best fishing trip that to ever happen in the world, um, they're hanging out and Rachel gets a FaceTime from Michaela. Obviously we find out the inevitable, which is that Zach tested positive for COVID. Fortunately, Michaela did not. Um, but they made the decision for her to go back to Houston by herself while Zach quarantines. Um, more on that situation later. Cause I have a good amount of opinions about Michaela and her behavior. Um, so, then um they have this like romantic sunset dinner. Jose asks Rachel what she feels, like what are her feelings about them moving back to Houston, um moving into his house, what are the, you know, after this decision day and whatnot. So she says also he lives in like in a different part of town than she lives in currently. So Rachel says, yes, I've lived with people before. Those experiences haven't really gone on well. Um, and then she says that I'm like, I'm wondering why she didn't tell him about the, the ex. This, these seem like things that you guys should be talking about, but whatever. Um, so with regard to her moving into his house, when, after the whole experiment, she says, it makes her heart rate, heart race a little bit. And she just doesn't want to feel like she is kind of like what Virginia said about Eric and, you know, low key, we can make the comparisons about them and Eric's uh, very traditional. If you want to call it that, um, male forward way of living and having a relationship. Um, Rachel says, I just have a little bit of hesitance about moving into your space because I want us to have, our space and I just don't want to feel like I'm moving into your house. And then she says, I am feeling a little bit of pressure about pulling my weight because I just don't want it to feel like you're taking care of me. So Jose starts to talk about, you know, I want Rachel to feel like Rachel, I want you to feel like what's mine is yours. And hopefully what's yours is mine. And in a confessional, Jose says that he's a little bit disappointed that Rachel just doesn't want to hop into the marriage and moving into it with him because he wants Rachel to let him as a man take care of them. So Rachel reiterates the fact she does not want to not be pulling her weight. And Jose reiterates the fact that he does want to share these things as a married couple and he wants to provide and take care of his wife. They have to... I feel like there needs to be a more in-depth conversation about what that looks like for each of them. What does she think taking care of looks like in a way that she doesn't want? And what is she capable of? And also when Jose says, you know, as a man, I want to be taking care of you. Like, what does that look like? Does it look like you're taking care of the finances? Does it look like, 
whatever I money I make is my money for me or like what is going on here because I feel like they're just being a little too vague and this is a conversation where like you have to be really specific or it's going to be annoying and a conversation that you guys keep having after their dinner they go back to the hotel room to have dessert and wouldn't you know Jose insists that Rachel feed him a bite she does so reluctantly. She's like, okay, that really wasn't that bad. Even though it did kind of feel like I was feeding a child, it was okay. And then Jose says, the best thing that I've heard on heard him say on this the entirety of the show, which is he really wants a dog. More specifically, he wants a boxer. Boxers are so close to my heart. He was spot on. They're such cute puppies. They're even cuter as adults a lot of people think boxers are ugly to which i say fuck off you're wrong they're the cutest they're so sweet and they're really good with kids they're just like a really good family dog so he was right about that i am 100 percent team jose on that rachel totally agrees she's down they both agree let's have a dog before we have kids um you might want to have considered that before Rachel insisted that you stop bringing those magnum condoms on the honeymoon because you wanted to have babies and you can't have babies when you wear condoms, usually. Um, but okay, the dog before baby. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, in a confessional, Rachel says that the most special thing about that night was that they were able to have serious discussions that she hadn't gotten to in previous relationships. And then it makes her feel great to know that somebody's there and ready to have her be the mother of her children. What she's saying here is like by serious discussions, she means he's like projecting into the future and that's not what she's gotten before. And that is great with a long-term relationship. It's not that great three days into married at first sight like listen I know the show top to tail I know it like the back of my hand it's great to have these conversations because you are married to talk about just in general do you want to have kids how many kids do you want what's your time frame for the kids do you want to live in a house what does your life look like? What is your career looking like? All these general things are great. But these like, oh, I want you to be the mother of my, I want you specifically to be the mother of my children. And I want us to have a dog. It's, it's, we've all dated that person, right? Who is hot from the beginning. They're ready to run. They're ready to go. And then it just fizzles out very quickly because they're just like projecting all of their romantic shit on you. And then the reality of the situation comes about. And then you're like, oh, this guy really sucks. He really sucks. And he can never seem to button the top two buttons of the his shirts. And like, I know we're on vacation. And this is kind of like a beachy vibe. And it's, you know, warranted that, you know, maybe you let your little chest out, you know, free. But the shirts that he's wearing do not really, they're not really conducive to that, like, island vibe. Whatever. Y'all you know, I just don't like Jose. And I'm just, like, thinking, I, the pause was me thinking about how much I just don't like him. Anyway, so let me move on. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot everyone's business. So let's move back to Brett and Ryan. They go to get a couple's massage. Brett says she's looking forward to figuring out more Ryan and have a more in-depth conversation with him. So she starts talking about wanting children and how it hasn't happened yet. And Ryan's response is, yeah. Anyway, to change the subject, you know, I just feel like uh, we've slowly been getting more and more comfortable as far as intimacy. And like, if we keep going at the rate that we're going, we'll get there sooner rather than later. What does that have to do with what she just said? She was trying to have a deep conversation with you about kids. Something that you said in the very beginning was like your number one priority, how you have been like saying, I'm going to have kids at this date, this date, this age, whatever. And it's just like, hasn't happened. And now you're really ready. He doesn't like her, you guys. Ugh, and it breaks my heart. So he's talking about, like, intimacy and how he can't wait to fuck her. And Brett's like, yeah, cool. Um, You know, like, I just kind of feel like there's a time and place for everything. And, you know, before we got married, it had been kind of a while since I dated somebody. Like, obviously, I haven't slept with anybody either. And it's been a couple years And she's like, you know, I'm excited about getting there with you, Ryan, but I'm also happy where we are right now. And I just want to make sure there are feelings there before anything physical happens. So Ryan says, you know, I know it's a difficult subject, but like, I'm a pretty sexual person. (laughs) Okay, Ryan. Um, So later they go to dinner. Ryan asked Brett what she thought about the other husbands. And she's like, oh, you know, like, I really like Gil. And Ryan's like, yeah, I think he's the type of guy who he will get along with anybody. If they had matched him up with anybody, he would have been able to make it work. And Brett is like, 
are you, you, do you think you're as easygoing as him? And he's like, no, definitely not. (laughs) So in a confessional, Brett says that she's excited about, like I said earlier, the idea of them having a romantic dinner because it feels like it's going to lead to a more intimate, get to know you kind of vibe and discussions. And at this point, I just have to be like, oh, honey, this man is barely looking you in the eye. Like, I don't know if this conversation is ever going to happen now or ever. So they get to dinner and Ryan again starts to broach the subject about how um, he wants to have multiple children, like as many as five. And Brett says, you know, in the past I did think about freezing my eggs, but then I thought really what I want is a family. I don't want to be a single mother. I don't want to raise kids on my own. And so Honestly, like if I had found the relationship in the marriage and the guy said, I don't really want to have kids, I would have been fine with that. But knowing that you really do want to have kids, I'm fine with that as well. Um, And in a confessional, Ryan says that at first he was a little bit concerned about her not wanting to have kids, but then she explained it and he felt a little bit more. And then they changed the subject to feelings. And Brett says, and the more time I spend with you, Ryan, the more I feel attracted to you. This is the first time that I can recall um, since their wedding that Brett has made direct eye contact with Ryan. And he smiled. He actually smiled. <laughs> or whatever. He, sh- he bared his teeth to her in a way that seemed positive. <laughs> um, so, of course... After this, like, his face very quickly deflates when Brett says that it takes time for her to get to the physical part. And then Brett's like, do you think that for you, like, things are moving too slowly for a physical sense? And he's like, well, you know, I'm getting to know you and like you more and more. And, like, I just can't wait to see what happens, you know, over the next three days. (laughs) Get her out of here. Get her. Get her on the plane with Michaela. And just put Ryan in the COVID room with Zach. <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. Except not. Um, I Everything he's saying is just like a tour to fuckboy. He's repeating the things like... Clearly he's zoning out when she talks, but he's listened enough to find like the talking points of like, okay, if I just say, if I just repeat the words that she said to me back to her, then that's probably going to get me to have sex with her earlier. If I just say like, she keeps saying she's feeling closer and closer to me and that's what she needs to have sex. Then I'm just going to say that I'm feeling closer and closer to her so that I can have sex, even though it's not true. I don't like her. I would have left her at that airport if I could. And I don't like redheads. I've never dated a redhead. I find her annoying for seemingly no reason whatsoever, except for the fact that maybe she cried on the at the airport, on the plane. Um, he is completely tapped out of this relationship. Uh, and it disgusts me. It disgusts me. Because if anybody should be tapping out, it should be her. Just very quickly with Michaela and Zach. Like I said, Zach reveals that he tested positive for COVID. Michaela tested negative. We see them in the room together, but they're... You know, I, I'm assuming six feet apart. Um, I don't really know how much that matters if they're both yelling at each other and neither of them are wearing masks. Feels like 
whatever. But okay, I guess Michaela never got COVID. So I guess, you know, I guess we can't say anything. Um, Michaela, she's upset. But she (laughs) seems less upset that her husband is sick and more upset that she is now on this vacation. And she's like, I wasn't planning on doing all this shingle shit. Like, I didn't come over here to to be by myself. I didn't come here to not sleep in the bed with you. I didn't come here to not be with you and not do, like, couple stuff. And I fully get that she feels, like, cheated out of the situation. It sucks. That really sucks. <laughs> because she her ass has to go home. She can't be with him. They can't be together. And presumably, Zach is going to be staying there until he tests negative. So I get that, but it just felt like she didn't have as much uh, concern about Zach as how it was going to affect her. (laughs) But here's the really funny thing, is when they're playing... (laughs) Something must happen with Michaela where the editors don't like her. You guys, what the hell were were they doing with her? Because as they are um, talking and as Michaela's talking about how annoyed she is and how they can't be together and how she just wants to be with him, they (laughs) they keep doing these, like, freeze frames and, like, putting a, like, dark blue, almost a black and white filter over the screen and then just freeze framing on on Michaela staring at the camera like she's a fucking Babadook. Like, dun dun dun. Here's Michaela. She's upset. Dun dun dun. Here she is again. <laughs> it was so very weird. And that leads me to believe that like I've never seen editing like that on the show. It's like you have to see it to really get the full thing. But like they really made her seem like evil, standing in the corner. This evil woman freeze frame on her. Look, please. Help yourselves. Get out. Run. Run before she catches you. Like the, like the actual boogeyman standing in that corner. And <laughs> I, it made me laugh, but it also made me excited for what's to come because things can't be good with Michaela. If they're playing with her, if they're using their editing budget on her already, this is a sign of good television to come. All right, let's go back to Mirla and Gil. So they go to dinner. Mirla wants to know, Gil, what's all the tea? What did I miss at the pool? Of course, the first thing that Gil brings up is the fact that Rachel and Jose are full in kissing. They have no problem demonstrating that for the group. And then he starts talking about how everybody in the group is kissed and how they asked me and, you know, Then he starts, like, projecting other people's feelings onto them. And he says, you know, I just feel like, uh, you know, they probably feel like you're not as into me because you haven't kissed me yet. (laughs) Gil, I know, I feel like people really like Gil. But here's my issue is, like, just tell her the truth. Like, we didn't have to be like, oh, well, you know, it was almost childlike. Well, I went to my friend's house and, you know, they had that Barbie doll And my other friend had that Barbie doll and they asked me why I didn't have a Barbie doll and I didn't know what to tell them. And then they said that maybe your parents don't love you that much because you don't have, they didn't get you the Barbie doll, you know? It's like, just, just tell her that you feel insecure about her not kissing you. Marilla stays strong and she's like, listen, we don't even know each other like that yet. Um, a man 
I know you said you want to kiss me, but a man will kiss anybody. It doesn't matter if they're ugly or not. He'll kiss anybody. Let me tell you that something about me. I have not kissed anybody on the first, second, or even third date. Marla, I mean, listen, we're all allowed to have our boundaries, but not even on the third date? After date two, date three is like the real make or break. So I feel like, okay, you can go the first two dates without kissing, but if I get to the third date and you don't even express the desire to kiss me, I'm thinking I got friend zoned and that we're just like kicking it, right? Or at least like, let's talk about it. I don't know. Um, I feel like Marilyn could be a lot more flexible with like a lot of things in her life. And I think if she did allow herself just to stop living so rigidly within the rules that she's created for herself, she'd have a lot more fun. And she would also be like, okay, this wasn't really like that serious. Like I can let it go. You're on vacation with this dude. I know it's not romantic because you feel like you're at, you know, the lanai or whatever, the wherever the Golden Girls lived. <laughs> um, but, you know, just like you're in Shady Pines and I get it. And I get it. It's not like giving you a whole lot of romance here. But, girl, this is your husband, girl. You blew all of your dating rules out the window when you signed up for and decided to go on Married at First Sight. So, like, let's expand a little bit because, listen, I always think when a woman or when a cast member is too, like, stuck into what they used to do and their rules, it reminds me a lot of Iris and who was that fine-ass man that she... she Iris Aversion, y'all, y'all remember? And she got paired with that hottie, hot hot man and she just could not get out of her rigidity and the rules that she created for herself and he left her and she stood up there looking stupid and surprised that this man did not want to deal with all of the rules that she had set up and all and also like the judgment that she had when he was like living a little bit more free than she was don't be iris girl don't be iris So anyway, in a confessional, Gil says that the kissing and the physical touch for him is big. So if he feels like it's time for them to kiss, but she doesn't want to, they need to clear some things up. Okay, but you should have been more adult in your conversation if that's how you feel. But anyway, Gil asks uh, Mirla how many serious relationships she's had. She says four. She says that her um, love language is more quality time, but that she also can be touchy. And Gil's like, well, you haven't really done that with me. And she says, well, again, we just met. Doesn't matter if I'm dating or I'm getting to know you as a friend. That sort of thing comes with time. In a confessional, Mirla says, I am attracted to Gil. But I also value an emotional connection a little bit more. And then Mirla makes a comment about how she doesn't love her wedding ring, which I got a look at and I I noticed last week. This is a little masculine. Like, it's basically like they have matching thick band silver rings. And I'm, I'm going to give you on that. Like, I would not want to wear that either. It's it's just a little too th- thick. And it's like a dude ring. I just, it just wouldn't be my, my vibe. I like something a little bit more subtle. Um, something that, you know, I just, it, it was thick. It was a little thick. <laughs> um, 
so then Gil brings up like, okay, well, what if I were to get you like a Cartier bracelet? And she was like, okay, um, let's keep talking on that. I hear you. Thank you. But also, what if I made you a quilt? And she was like, well, if you gave me a quilt, and he's like, well, what if I made it? She's like, okay, if you made me a quilt, I would be like, check, please. <laughs> so then they get back from dinner. Gil says he has a surprise. On their balcony is a bottle of Prosecco and some macaroons, which I guess are her favorite since she actually seems happy to see them. So Gil, I assume, has not tried a macaroon before because when he bites into it, he's like, oh, this is just like a bougie cookie. And then he goes, this is us. You are the macaroon. You are this bougie cookie, this pretty, fluffy, whatever cookie. And I'm just like a classic chocolate chip. This really says a lot to, for us. Um, now, I will say, I know a lot of people don't fuck with Marilla, but I will give her points for this, especially this episode. She is showing that she will take a ribbing. She can take it. He really will go in on her and she will laugh and she'll take it in stride. Like, yes, she is a lot and she complains a lot, but also it's not like she's not so sensitive that she can't take out that she can't take what he's giving. And I I do appreciate that. They do seem to have a relationship where they can banter, where they can kind of rib each other. And it is like on a friendship level, like, and I like that. Like she laughs when he makes fun of her. She thinks it's funny. And I got to give her credit for that because She could be popping off and then she would truly be insufferable. She's only like insufferable light at this point. You have to give people a lot of credit for being able to like be in on the joke. Samira starts to ask why Gil, ask Gil why he's single. Because she's like, I feel like it's a lot harder for women to find a partner than it is for the other way around. She's like, I feel like you're successful. You're a good looking guy. Like what, what's wrong with you basically? (laughs) And, um, she asked him about his relationship history and he reveals that he's had also had like four serious relationships. Um, a couple ones around a year and a half, a couple ones around the six to eight months. But then he reveals that, that he has not been in a serious relationship for about six years. And Marilla is shocked, shocked. That sucks. When was her last relationship? Because I thought she had been kind of, it had been a long time for her too, but maybe I'm confusing her with Brett. Um, so later Gil reveals that he has a surprise excursion uh, for them and it's going to be, first, I was confused about what they did, but anyway, they got on a seaplane because I thought they were going to go on a jet ski or maybe they were going to take the jet ski, maybe take the seaplane out and then hop on the jet ski. I'm not sure. We saw them get on a seaplane. Mirla's initial reaction when she hears this is like, I'm going to get seasick. I'm going to get motion sickness. This isn't going to be good. Begill like kind of politely, but firmly talks her into doing it. She's like, okay, I just, I don't want to be the one who's like constantly complaining and not do anything. So I'm going to do it. Did she enjoy it? No. Did she ask for a barf bag? Yes. Did she say that she was going to get sick? Absolutely. Did she get sick? I don't think so. Did she like it at the end? No. Did she come out of that saying like, oh, this wasn't something that I would do, but it would be fun. 
or it was fun. No. In fact, as soon as they landed, she was like, don't ever have me do anything like that again. And I didn't like it. And I'm never going to like it. And I did it. But let this be a lesson to you that I don't want to do that type of thing again. Um, it's also worth mentioning that Gil has acquired one of those like... <sighs> It's, it's like a fuckboy calling card earring from 2021. I've noticed, I, I don't talk to a lot of uh, Gen Zers. So my most of my experience with people under the age of 30 is TikTok. <laughs> but I've noticed like the, the um, corner of TikTok that's just shirtless dudes who look like Legos doing what they think are sexy dances, looking at the camera. Like, I think there's a guy named Tony Lopez. They all have those earrings that are like the little dangle cross earrings. And I just feel like that's not Gil's vibe. <laughs> like, it doesn't, like, if I'm going to see a guy with like a dangly cross earring, I expect him to have that perm, that like TikTok boy perm. I expect him to be wearing some kind of like off-white sweatpant, not to be a guy on the beach in a black tank top and some like shorts that he got from Target. It, it just wasn't, the look didn't jive with me. And I would suggest like if Mirla could do anything, she could maybe talk him out of wearing that earring. Um, I only associate that earring with guys who have allegations of sexual harassment and assaults. That's another thing. <laughs> so maybe, maybe lose the earring, Gil. So later that night, they're on, or Gil's in bed waiting for Mirla to finish her, you know, what seems to be extensive skincare nighttime routine. He says he has no problem with that. It's very long. It takes a long time, but he's a patient guy. So <laughs> when they get in, when she gets into the bed, he's also hoping that they, this will be the night where he gets a kiss. So when she gets into the bed, she's like, oh man, I'm so tired. Um, she's like, I could feel my eyelids getting heavy. <laughs> And then Gil, because she has um, eyelash extensions, he asks her <laughs> if her lashes are like a weighted blanket for her eyes. <laughs> and she had to laugh because that shit was funny. That shit, she got him. He got her. And that was funny. And she took it. And I appreciated that. Um, so... <laughs> She starts talking about how, like, oh, I can't wait to get my lashes done because my real lashes have you out here looking like Spongebob. And he's like, Spongebob? She's like, do you not know what Spongebob looks like? He's like, yeah, I know what Spongebob looks like, but I don't know what his lash situation is. So she's like, well, he only has, like, three lashes. And that's kind of what my natural vibe is. So I need to get these... Uh, replaced or whatever people do with lash extensions. I don't know. Um, so then Gil's like, girl, turn that light off. I know you're tired because you're just being silly right now. You're calling yourself SpongeBob. I know you're being silly. This is him treating her like a toddler. Like, I know when you're getting silly, you're actually really sleepy. So just turn that light off and go to sleep, girl. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. All right, moving on to Bao and Johnny. We see Johnny in a like the gift shop of the resort, and he invites Jose to go shopping because he's planning a romantic beachside dinner with Bao, and he wants to have like kind of a coordinating island vibe for their dinner so he's gonna get her a dress or a shirt or top some kind of top and he's gonna get himself a top so he feels like johnny says that he asked jose because he wants to get on jose's level and i just like there's a short joke in there but like y'all don't want to let me be great so i'm not gonna make it but just just know that if johnny wanted to get on jose's level there would be some work that he would some efforts that would have to be made Okay, we'll, we'll just put that uh, there. Um, so Johnny says that this dinner is going to be kind of a litmus test for their romance because he's planning it, planning on laying it all on the line, telling Bao how he feels, and hopefully that will get them to progress in their relationship. So Johnny tells us that he's worried about putting himself out there and not getting anything back from Bao. So back at the hotel, he comes to the room, surprises Bao with their outfits, <laughs> which are not at all matching because he got this like very nice linen button down, you know, like cute guy at the beach kind of thing. And he got for her, which something that I'm assuming was like a, um, Oh, what do you call those things? It was like a, like a cover. It looked like a hot pink cover up (laughs) that she quickly discovers is a two X double XL. Clearly bow is, a size zero. So this is not going to work. <laughs> and then Bao was like, you know, you, you left the price tag on it. Johnny, did you pay full price for this? I'm disappointed. <laughs> I love that she was upset that he didn't get it on sale. That's tight. I love her. <laughs> um, so Johnny says that, you know, it's basically been kind of inconsistent with them. Sometimes it's friend vibes. Other times it's romantic. But he just wants to ride the wave of romance and keep it rocking. So, um, and and be on this honeymoon knowing unequivocally, unequivocally that Bao likes him. So they go off to the beach for their picnic. Bao is so impressed She's like, oh my gosh, nobody has ever done anything like this for me. And it's, this gesture has like gone above and beyond my expectations. You could tell in her face that she's so happy. She's so like shocked. She's so heartened by this situation. And I just wish that Johnny would take more of those moments in stride because I think he is, he's insecure. And I like Johnny, but he is insecure and he is somebody who I feel like Bao is giving him a lot of signs. They're maybe not the ones that he wants, but she's giving him a lot of signs. And 
I think he should take that on instead of being like, she's not physically affectionate towards me and therefore I don't know where I stand with her. Like, that's a little unfair because I feel like she's very expressive. She's made it very clear that she likes him. She has made it very clear how he makes her feel good and it it makes me sad for her that that is not enough for him. You know what I mean? Um... So anyway, they're sitting there and Johnny's like, well, I have something to tell you. And, um, you know, basically based on what I know of you now, wait, 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 sorry. Oh, I want to tell you something like I've known you now. I've known you in the past. I know we're married and love isn't guaranteed, isn't guaranteed. I'm sorry. I don't know why I can't talk. (laughs) I know we're married and that love isn't guaranteed, but I just really want you to know that I think you're really cute. And I'm not really the kind of guy who would say that up front because I'm just like afraid, but I don't really know how it is that you feel about me, but I really do think that we can make this work and that I'm having real feelings for you. If you don't feel that way, you can tell me that's okay. We can just enjoy the picnic and move on if you want. So bow leans in really close to his face and she says Johnny the feelings are mutual and then they kiss and Johnny's like woo and he's like I just like the past few days I felt like a little bit of awkwardness and she's like well you know it's only been a few days and but listen I definitely feel like we're built what we're building on right now is stronger than what I've had even in much longer relationships Johnny looks really relieved and he says, I'm just so happy because I just, I don't think I've had a start to a relationship quite like this. And she's like, yeah, I don't think many people have Johnny because we're on a show called Married at First Sight. <laughs> but but um, Johnny clarifies by saying, you know, no, usually I go into these relationships without a whole lot of commitment on my end. And then he reveals that he's at, had over 100 first dates. Drew Barrymore, did you hear that? A hundred. He got you. Um, And then he says, anytime I would see a red flag, I would just run. And that's it. So in a confessional, Bao says, he really, like, a hundred first dates. And she starts to give you the impression that she, like, is judging him for that. But she's like, dang, he could have saved so much time if he had just gone on that second date with me. (laughs) Love you, girl. Um, Johnny says something about, like, alluding to bad times coming up ahead. And she's like, well, you know, those things are bound to happen. Like, that's just the part of being in a relationship. But I want to be honest with you. I do have a tendency to self-sabotage and kind of be closed off. But I do mean well, just so you know. So at the end of the episode, we see Michaela back in Houston. She's in her bed. Obviously, she's annoyed. She says her flight got delayed. And also, she had to leave Zach, her husband. But mostly the flight. But then also kind of Zach. Um, Meanwhile, Zach's still in Florida. He's in his room. He's saying he misses Michaela a lot. He's actually surprised that he feels so strongly because they haven't known each other very long. But he really misses her. Um, Then we see Brett and Ryan... Uh, they decide to get in a hammock together and they try very hard and actually succeed at getting into it. Um, 
in a confessional, Ryan says that they had a lot of intense conversations about intimacy and sex and that basically because Brett hasn't dated much as he has, as much as he has, she's taking things a little bit more seriously than he would be in terms of having sex. Um, but he says he's very willing to wait, but they are married. Brett thanks Ryan for rolling with the punches a little bit and says, you know, I feel like you're doing your best. And Ryan says that he's here for the right reasons. Another bachelor moment and that he's thankful that he was matched with Brett and he's happy about the direct the direction that they're trending in and that he's trusting the process and he has every intention on following through and that he wants her to feel that he's committed and not just going through the motions. Again, this would go a long way if you just look her in the eye or if she brought up something serious that didn't have to do with sex, you would continue that conversation and not immediately pivot to how your dick hasn't gotten wet. But okay, if you're saying that, then that's fine. Um, moving to Rachel and Jose. So before they go to bed, Rachel says she wants to have one more conversation, even though they've had a bunch of intense ones so far. I have to point out the bed. Did you see that they had a blanket on the bed that had what appeared to be somebody's vows? I'm assuming they're Jose's because it seems like some corny shit that he would do. But nevertheless, moving on. Rachel starts talking about how concerned she is uh, about her financial responsibilities. And she's like, listen, I know that you're really good about that stuff. I saw you checking your investments earlier. And here's the thing. Like, do I have a savings account? Yeah. But also, doesn't really grow that much. And I'm kind of in like a devil-may-care situation. I wanted to go to Europe. I charged it on a credit card. That wasn't maybe the best idea, but I did it. And he's like, you know, that's fine. Like, we're just going to have to work on, uh, you know, getting you there. So then they start talking about what finances are going to look like for them. And... She's like, well, what do you think? Because I would prefer that we have a joint account for our joint expenditures, but then I want to have my separate account. But then uh, Jose says, well, I just feel like as a man, like we should have an account for that. And like, you know, if there's any money left, then you can take whatever you want. And in a confessional, Rachel's like, I'm, that sounds like an allowance and I'm not trying to do that. My guy, like I don't want to do that. So they're having a lot of issues because he is insistent that finances are a man's job. Hello. Boop, boop, boop. We see that misogyny coming out and that uh, I, I just feel for her, like why her wanting to be financially independent is such a problem for him or that he thinks that that's like not what a woman should do when she's married and that the man should handle the finances. Yuck. Puke. Barf. Gross. Ending on Johnny and Bao, they go to bed and Bao says to Johnny, like, Hey, I kind of got to talk to you about something. Um, I really have a lot of insecurities about my snoring and I used to, she starts to tell him a story that how she was at a camp and that she wouldn't sleep because she didn't want people to hear her snoring. And then it's like a really big insecurity. So basically like, can you not 
talk about that anymore would be great. Like, it's a real problem for me. So Johnny's reaction, I thought was very strange, you guys. So rather than being like, oh, yeah, like, totally, I get it. You're insecure. Like, I'm picking up on it. He acts like every time, you know, it's like two steps forward, two steps back. Every time we get into a good groove, Bao has to be like a downer Debbie. And she has to bring up some stuff. And it makes me like, like heavy stuff. As if her saying like, please stop making fun of me is her ruining their good time and ruining the good trajectory that they've got going. And that's very concerning. Like, I don't understand why he feels that way. And I just, again, like, I wish he would be more introspective because just say like, yeah, I hear you. I'm sorry. And he did say that to her, like, I'll never bring it up again. I just thought like, it really wasn't that big a deal. But if it is you, like, I won't bring it up again. Why he would take that so personally, I think is a sign of his insecurity. Because he's been saying this whole time that he expects or prefers a woman that is all over him, obsessed with him, can't get, I can't get out of her grip, blah, blah, blah. That just sucks. Like, her saying how she feels is not her bursting your bubble. It doesn't mean that she likes you any less. It means, if anything, I'm being vulnerable about an insecurity. I really like you, but like, you gotta stop. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think it means anything negative about him. It's just, this is a thing that I have. You brought it up a couple times. And like, if it's really a problem for you, maybe we should sleep different in different rooms. Um, I, I felt bad for her because I'm like, Doug, that is not how you should have interpreted what she was saying at all. Mm. So we'll see. My eye is now on Johnny. My eyes definitely on Brett, definitely on Jose, a little bit on Gil, and a little bit on Mirla, and also a little bit on Michaela. <laughs> a little bit on Rachel. <laughs> really, I'm just here for for Brett and Bao. That that's about it. All right, you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. If you're able to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would so appreciate that. Love you. Be back next week. Bye.